Hi, welcome to the LS Fables podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Sterling. And we're here with a tiny naughty dog named Sadie to answer one of your questions about writing our books or the indie author process. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at LS Fables or here on Spotify. If you want more writing tips and tricks or information about our latest releases, join our newsletter at lsfables.com. Today's topic is on villains. Which... I love writing a villain. Yeah. Um, I do think that we should start this podcast off with a little bit of a disclaimer and then say, like, spoiler, spoiler notice. I, I think the easiest way to talk about villains is to talk about our villains, which means there should be an assumption that if you're listening to this specific podcast, you have already read our books. Or you don't mind spoilers. Yeah, either or, um, because I think the easiest way to talk about villains is the villains that we love in fiction, fantasy, literature, movies, but also our villains. Yeah. Since this is a writing podcast. All right. So that disclaimer includes Shepherd of Souls, especially because it's one of the only books we've written so far where the villain isn't immediately clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's usually the case for any kind of mystery. Yes. So, beware if you love mysteries, love fantasy, and love queer novels, you might not want to listen until after you've read Shepherd of Souls. Yes, but we're definitely going to talk about Vassal, Goddess, Shepherd of Souls, and I think we'll try to avoid Death Seeker because it's come out relatively recently. Okay. But though I think the villains in Death Seeker were introduced in Shepherd of Souls. Okay, so we probably will talk about Death Seeker. Yes. Uh, but we won't talk about anything that's not currently published. Yes. Uh, so we won't, like, spoil our own books for the public before they're available. <laughs> yes. I think that's fair. Okay. So I kind of think a story is made on the villain. Okay, explain. I don't care how great the protagonist is if the villain is kind of meh doesn't really feel like the bad guy i believe that the readers care more and i care more about the protagonist when they go through really difficult really <laughs> apologies in advance for licking sounds from sadie getting kisses <laughs> the tiny sweet yorkie in my lap currently so if you're hearing strange noises it's this Sue. <laughs> <laughs> but back to what I was saying. I think that villains make protagonists. I think that struggle makes protagonists. Flaws make protagonists. Mm-hmm. The harder their lives are, are, the more thrilling, the more engaging, the more emotionally moving the story is. Right. If the villain's, like, not that bad a guy, then you're like, well, I mean... If Bob wins, uh, I mean, it won't be great, but... <laughs> I don't know. You know. I've ever come across a story that where I felt like it wouldn't be too bad if the villain won. I've definitely come across stories where I was actively rooting for the bad guy, but, you know, I'm kind of twisted. <laughs> so I think that a good villain, I enjoy a good villain so much in my own writing and in other f- works of fantasy and fiction. I can name off the top of my head my favorite villains in TV shows. Um, if you've ever watched iZombie, 
Uh, spoiler alert, if you've ever watched iZombie, I'm about to talk about one of the villains. If you've not watched it, turn the thing off now. Okay, then I'm assuming you want to know. Blaine. Blaine is like the bad guy. He's the bad guy in season one, and then he has an almost redemption arc, and then he messes it up because that's what Blaine does. There are all these moments with Blaine where you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to pull it together, and now he's going to be a good guy, and I can root for him because he's a good guy, and then he totally just drops the ball, makes terrible life choices. He's <laughs> hilarious. He plays the piano and sings. He has a terrible family dynamic, so you feel really bad because his dad is super mean. His dad is a worse villain. Like, a worse person. A worse person, but... Still a great villain. <laughs> very good villain, but, like, Blaine does unspeakable things. And he's just dry and witty. I'm always... I wanted to work out for him, you know, because I like him so much. Not because he's a nice guy, but because he's hilarious. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, my favorite is, like... um curse word alert i'm about to curse fucking blaine like that's always what you're saying like whenever he comes in and he's about to do something monstrous you're like ah blah 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 cursing 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 um i love to curse bye bye <laughs> like i zombie blaine i love that villain and i love hating him and i love loving him like, i want it to work out and it just doesn't I have, obviously, visceral feelings for this bad guy. Yes. But another one would be in Once Upon a Time, which is another TV show. Rumpelstiltskin is the quote-unquote bad guy. And it's the same thing. He's nefarious, and he's tricky, and he's funny, and he's eloquent, and he says things. And you feel bad because he had a really rough time when he was young. But still, he's making terrible choices now, and he's tricking everybody. And he's Rumpelstiltskin. And I just, I love a good bad guy. I think that I love a good bad guy, too. But generally, I don't love them as much as you do. <laughs> I love to root for a protagonist that is dealing with a great villain. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little bit of a different take. But the great villain is still a necessity. Mm -hmm. So what makes a great villain? I think there are multiple categories. But the two that I think are my favorite is the unknown villain. Sly, smooth, just seems really good. You can totally maybe have a suspension, but you're not totally sure. And you kind of like him. You think maybe there's a good guy. <laughs> like in Shepherd of Souls. Yeah, Shepherd of Souls, bad protagonist. Bad protagonist. Antagonist. Antagonist. Bad protagonist. <laughs> the one, you know, the bad one. The bad one. Um, Is Absalom, Absalom. Dusong. Absalom Dusong. And... and He's suave, and he's lush, and he just acts. And whenever I'm reading him out loud, you know, he just has this drawling lilt to his voice. He's just, well, Etienne, I mean, if you really have to go there. <laughs> and he's just dry, and, and he tricks them all. And he's walking around in his silk robe and his bald head and his <laughs> rings and his decaying mansion drinking port. Yes. And it's just like he's not the obvious you know, like, armor and the heads of, you know, his enemies planted on his shoulders <laughs> with his saber. You know, it's not like that. It's just this eloquent creature. Yeah. So what's your, like, another example would be Scar in The Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Scar. <laughs> I love Scar, too. Which is, like, they're enjoyable yeah. to read and listen to and they're uh, they're well spoken and they're thoughtful and they're intelligent and 
it's not this bumbling barbarian. It's this clever. Clever. So what's your other favorite type? The just completely F you over powerhouse. <laughs> the powerhouse. Yeah. So I think that these two types of villains that when done well and basically all really good villains have something in common. Mm-hmm. They are interesting on their own. Yes, they could have their own story. They could have their own story. Might be so, a really weird story. Yeah. <laughs> so I think then the trick with writing a good villain is writing a good character. They have to have their own story, they, their own background, their own motivations. They're doing things when the protagonist isn't around. They don't exist just to bubble. screw over yeah. the protagonist. Yeah, they have their own motivations. They're doing their own thing. They have their own life. I almost think a good villain is the villain that you almost go, well, I could kind of see their point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because you you realize that they have a motivation, and it's not dumb. Mm-hmm. It's something that a living, breathing human being could come to to relatably reach. Does that make sense? And I would <laughs> maybe that's a bad sorry maybe that's a bad example because people can do pretty dumb things and they do all the time. I would say there's a caveat in whether or not your your villain is human. Mm. How so? Inyo's not human. Well, yes. And Inyo's not in my world. Inyo's not the villain, but I think a lot of readers would adamantly disagree with me. Inyo is a very interesting character with a very colorful backstory and her alienness is something our readers appreciate because yeah. she is not she human. She is not human. So if you're writing a bad, you know, an antagonist, a bad guy who's the dragon who wants to sit on their hoard, their motivations aren't going to be the same as the greedy person who wants to sit on their hoard. No, but they still have motivations. Yeah, yeah, for And sure. they're still a full-fledged character. Mm-hmm. But it may not be human Motivations. Motivations is all I'm saying. But nine times out of ten, our bad guys are humans. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably something about human nature. <laughs> Maybe. I think humans are often the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so we make humans the problem in our stories. Sometimes. I mean, goddess, the bad guy was Masson. Who is also a god. Yes. And uh, Vassal, I think people would say the bad guy was either Tristan or Inyo, but yes. those are not human creatures either. Yes. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> All of this is a spoiler, the whole thing. Just don't listen to it if you don't like spoilers. Yes. On the other hand, all of our villains in the Shepherd of Souls series are human humans. Beings. You know, I like that. What I like about Kiyomi, she's the queen, the pirate queen in Deathseeker. And Shepherd of Souls. You yeah. meet her both times, but mm. she's a bigger problem than Deathseeker. Yeah, she's a much bigger problem. Is that she is, like, for lack of a better word, she's just a dick. She's a jerk. Yeah. She's does does these weird hour plays and is always throwing her weight around. On the flip side of that, she's the freaking savior of her people. Yeah, yeah. And the previous pirate king was a... Slave. Was basically a glorified slave trader. Yeah. More specifically, sex slave trader. Yeah, which we all agree is not good. Yeah. So, 
she saved her people from slavery, from sex trafficking, from sex trafficking, um, freed both the women or all the people, all the human beings, freed the human beings that were captured and used as slaves and, uh, outlawed slavery in general in her island. Mm Mm-hmm. But she's also not a nice person. No, no. She's greedy. She's manipulative. She's not super, super educated. So you can kind of sometimes see her with superstitious behavior and um, stuff that is sometimes harder to relate to. She's the good guy in her story. Yes. And she's the bad guy in our story. And I like that she's pushy, ballsy, just... I mean, she's going to get what she wants, and she's going to get what she wants. Yes. And that's why she became the queen of the island, because she was the one who was willing to step on some toes and get a group of lost people moderately organized. So she's both good and bad. She has her own motivations, and they are not entirely selfish. They are partly selfish. She wants to be powerful, but she She likes being queen. She likes being queen. She also wants to protect her people. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is something relatable. We all have people in our lives who we want to protect. So she's wild. She's crazy. She does these, (laughs) she pulls these crazy power moves and she makes life hell for our characters. But in the end, she is a full character with her own motivations, her own backstory, etc. Yeah, I just... I just like her power plays, honestly. <laughs> like, if I were a villain, that's what I would do. <laughs> Sterling's favorite part of creating the villain is making them absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> oh, ridiculous isn't the right word. <laughs> I think it's the perfect word. But at the same time, you also write well-rounded characters, so it works for me. Mm, yeah. I, you know, I enjoy hearing the readers groan. Oh. <laughs> seriously you know i can hear it from eons away i'm like this will drive them nuts (laughs) and i think that what you're looking for as an author is to have visceral reactions in your readers yes and one of the easiest ways to do that is with your villains and not easy in a trick easy way but in a like this is an obvious opportunity that you should be taking yes so speaking of visceral visceral reactions the other thing that your villain does is they play the role of antagonist. So while they are their own character, they also exist in part to make life difficult for your protagonist. Yeah, unless they're the sneaky villain who is for a mystery novel. And then they still, I mean, in a mystery novel, a um, a query plot, mm-hmm. you're basically all the things that you're most of the main problems your character deals with are not being able to solve the mystery, and that's because of the villain. Right. So the antagonist still exists to disrupt your protagonist. But they're not obviously doing it the way Yeah, say, it might just not would. be obvious. But the point I'm getting to is the other thing that makes a great villain is their ability to create emotion through making the protagonist's have to deal with bad things. Mm-hmm. The stress, the anxiety, the tension, the this is the end of the world and I have to fix it, all comes from your antagonist. 
So having a believable antagonist that also creates these issues that make the story really intense and beautiful are is really important. Yeah, I think a good villain can save a weak protagonist, honestly. I agree with that. I also think that a good villain makes a stronger protagonist. Yeah. Because they have to go through the issues brought on by the villain mm-hmm. that any any sort of struggle usually ends up in character growth. If your villain is truly good and they can, they're truly impressive and they can't beat them easily, maybe a lot of character growth. Yeah. Yeah. So a, a good villain definitely makes a great protagonist. Yeah. So that's our little podcast about villains. I love them. I uh, just don't know why. I'm just really into them. I love to hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget to follow us on Instagram at LSFables or here on Spotify. And please do join our newsletter at LSFables.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>